Remember ACT? ACT was what I call the ultimate gunslinger's tool. It had a little bit of everything on it, but fundamentally it was just a Rolodex. When ACT first came along, I thought about the sales reps who handled these enormous territories and had to keep a huge amount of data in their mind as they went from town to town, and, and they sure as heck needed to take everything with them they were going to need on a trip because there wasn't anything to support them when they got out there. Nothing like the Internet was available. So ACT came along and, uh, and created one of the great Rolodexes of all time, and they called it a contact manager. Right. Were they the first in the game? No, no, no. They're, that goes way back even 10 years before ACT. But ACT was the first one that was built by a sales rep, a guy named Pat Sullivan, mm-hmm. uh, who was a former 3M sales rep, big territory. Okay. And and he also was a computer geek, so he knew what he was doing, and he knew sales. It wasn't just building technology. That's what ACT is still the best-selling brand in contact management in the world and the largest in the world. Okay. Is he the, did he sell out, or is he still with? He sold out to a, a company called Best Software in London. No kidding. And they are the biggest in back office, and so they... The Act Group now has Act on the low end, and then they have something called Sales Logic on the mid market. So this guy was a sales rep, developed a system for his own territory, and then once he had it developed, he probably started sharing it and it with other. What was exactly that? the, that's exactly the story. Wow! Became a multi multi millionaire. So that has now evolved into, for an example, on the Microsoft product, which I'm so excited about for a couple of reasons. Number one. Microsoft, they built the product on top of Outlook. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know that 90% of the people in, in business use Outlook for their email systems. Okay. So, Microsoft has already got a product that everybody knows how to use. All they did was expand it to make it useful for salespeople. What's it called? And it's called Microsoft CRM. Is it new or has it been out? It's up to version 1.2, so it's been out about a year and a half. Yeah, what does it cost for the software? Well, that's the beauty of it. It's, it's in the under $500 class. Most importantly, though, with one of Microsoft's partners down in Atlanta, a company called Ibis, came to me about the same time that Microsoft was working on their product and said, why don't we build a nurture module for the Microsoft CRM product? So using his programming skills, at that point, 14 years of doing dripping the hard way, we built the Nurture module, which now is fully integrated and is available anywhere Microsoft is sold. Your Nurture model you built for this software, was it designed to sell the software? No, to go to market with the software. So it goes on the Microsoft, it snaps on to Microsoft CRM software, making it possible for any user then to set up automated campaigns, drip campaigns. Okay. But your Nurture model you built for them was to introduce the software or sell the software? not only sell the software, but then uh, for the users, their partners, to use it to go to market and to sell it to their customers. Okay. And is it all in on, 100% online, or is some of it designed? It's online. It, it is also resident when you're not online in Outlook. So the rep is never out of touch with the database. And the online price is pretty much the same as everybody else for online. It's just that the larger the company, the more likely they're going to be on a Microsoft platform. And if they're on a Microsoft platform, their IT department's a lot more comfortable with a Microsoft customer relationship management product. So any of it, the reason I'm so excited about this is that knowing that Microsoft is the largest software company and knowing that when they get their eyes set on, a, on an application, they usually dominate. And since they already have over 900 million people that wake up their computer every day with, a, with Microsoft Office, 
Did you know that? Nine hundred million. Wow. Well, as as PowerPoint and Word and Excel and all these incredible office tools uh, were added to the office suite, it became more powerful. And their plan is to put Microsoft CRM as just another part of the office tool, which means it will be in, in more places that salespeople need software than any other software in history ever could imagine. Why I'm so excited about Well, that. give me an example. I've got a business. I have people who inquire about hard-to-find marketing seminars. I get the software. I load it onto my computer. I use Outlook. What's the first thing I'm going to do? What, Identify your top 20, 20 most important prospects. All right, so I've got the names, addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, all that. Do I have to type these in manually into the thing? You could import them if you buy them from a list source. You have them on some other... All right, so let's say... Actually, you could import them into Microsoft Office. All right, so let's have a database. I import them into the system. With the software, do I have a drip system in place, or am I going to be... In place. In fact, you, you get a prospecting plan that is the skeleton, a template you can build out... And modify. Right, and then you get the, the retention plan, the customer in touch plan, automatically comes with every module. So that's already in the software, skeletons that I can modify for no matter what I'm doing. Uh-huh. That's pretty good, and you designed, with your research and years of experience and knowing how to do this, this is what you've put together for them. Correct, and then we've also created something with another partner called the Nurture Institute, and that's for companies that U.S. leasing. Uh, they have 150 locations. U.S. leasing? Uh-huh, mm-hmm. and they are buying Microsoft CRM and fixing Nurture Marketing as the go-to-market strategies for over 600 of their salespeople around the country. Okay. So uh, they basically need training in every one of their branches or a place to send various people for various skill sets. And so the Nurture Institute was founded by a former Microsoft training company that is now doing specialized application training. So now if a company has 50 offices and they want their people to go away for training for a day in their particular part of the job, there's already, it's in place. All right, so they'll bring their people to, a, to a, a training or an institute or a seminar that you put on. I don't, that actually this company puts on. They put on. The materials we created. You've provided them with a training that they can give to their own people. Uh-huh. And we are certifying Microsoft partners all over the world right now to sell the Nurture module with Microsoft CRM. So the Institute it will really train you specifically the best way to use this. Uh, how to go to market, how to either write your own plans or write your own letters or how to work with an ad agency or a creative person uh, to get your campaigns into writing, their samples. Really amazing program uh, considering the relatively low investment that a company can make. Talk to me about your experience and what you've done over your lifetime to come to the conclusion of what to put in these nurturing campaigns and what makes them so powerful compared to someone who just designs off-the-fly some letter campaign that goes out to their customers. And most letter campaigns written that way, off-the-fly, are basically about the sender, which is automatic landfill material. I don't care about you. I want to know about my pain. I want somebody that understands where I hurt. So that was why I started focusing almost the day I met Jay on niche. Find a group, a type of business or a group of people that you have a special feeling for that you really would enjoy helping all their life and then commit yourself to helping them. Because once you know that niche, another thing I teach our clients, when you're building your database, 
make sure as you build a file on a customer, there are two data fields every time. One of them is called pain. The other one is called passion. Mm-hmm. First, pain. What keeps this individual awake at night about their job? I don't care what it is. There are usually three things that bother them most about their job. It can be turnover of uh, employees. It can be making quota. It could be finding the right kind of customers or whatever it is. But there's always three pains. And then I say find out what their passion is. Find out two or three things that get them up early on the weekends. What's their passion? Is it snowboarding or is it crippled children? Is it their church? Is it old people? What is it? What's their passion? Because once you can find out what a person's pain is and what a person's passion is, and by the way, that's easier to do when you're working in a niche, and you start wondering, what can I say to them that will be relevant? Just go to Google. Put in some of their pain and take a look at what has been published, what's available for sale that's just on the cure for that pain. So you want to be welcomed in someone's office? Send them something that keeps them awake at night. Send them a cure. Uh Same thing on the passion. If they're hot about uh, not-for-profits or charity or whatever it is, study on that. What's more powerful? A certain amount of people react more strongly to pain and a certain amount of people react more strongly to pleasure. 90-10. 90% will do 10 times more to move away from pain than they will to access pleasure. Okay. I'm more on a diet than I will on diet or fat prevention. In your nurture system, these are more focused on pain because you know that's what gets more results. Uh-huh. And, and after all, this is a business relationship yeah. between two business people. So the relationship should be pretty far along before I start dabbling into your passion. There's only so much I can say about loving your grandkids. But there's a lot I can say about hiring, training, staffing, computers. I mean... Whatever's keeping them awake at night, somebody has already written the answers, either in a book, condensed books, white papers, articles, publicity. I mean, there's just thousands and thousands of things that are worth, that would be helpful, would be really value-added included. So that part of my training is that if you don't know your customer, don't start writing to them about yourself. Study your customer. And I feel sorry for people that sell to everybody because they don't really know anybody. They don't really have anything to focus their study on. They don't really know who's in pain and what's keeping them awake at night and how can we make that better. They don't know how to build a relationship. Give me one success story that you're most proud of. For just the first thing that pops out of your mind it could be a small business. Cancer treatment centers. All right, tell me the story. Cancer treatment centers of America is now the largest center for breast cancer in the country. They have four now building their fifth major hospital around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, they were getting, uh, when I met them five years ago, they were getting 17,000 web hits uh, a month from women recently diagnosed with that horrible disease. The, the owner of the foundation, the founder of the company, was sitting in a CEO group when I was speaking that day on Nurture. How long ago was it? Uh, four years, maybe. Okay. I saw him light up, and I saw him start writing furiously, and he never stopped writing three and a half hours I was presenting. And I had no idea who he was or what he was doing. All I knew was that he was taking a lot more notes than I ever saw anybody take. Mm-hmm. And it turned out his name was Richard Stevenson, and he was the founder of the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And so he called me a few days later, and he said, I think you found a, a major, major solution for us in this hospital. And he, said, and he started telling me their mission was to help women not only fight cancer and win with cancer, 
but to do it in an environment like the Ritz-Carlton and to do it in the constraints of their insurance program. So that's what his foundation created. Was That's what makes them different is that they treat every part of the body and the person and not just the disease. So in any event, he was telling me how all these phone calls would ultimately get funneled down to sales reps. They call them uh, oncology specialists. But because of the volume, increasing volume of web hits causing calls, they were finally getting to the place where the sales rep could only make three follow-up calls on any prospect. They had too many leads coming in. Mm -hmm. And these leads were all generated from the website? Uh Uh-huh. In the website? Or their advertising that would drive them to the website. So these were all either caregivers or patients. Did the website have a good amount of content that really... Amazingly good content. In the event, there were naturally 95% of the people calling in never made a decision to come into one of their hospitals for whatever reason. But for those that did come in, because every day a new flood of new opportunities came up, they basically had to stop the salespeople from making follow-on calls after the third attempt. So if you couldn't decide by the third contact to make a decision to come in free to be evaluated with this hospital, they just basically quietly dumped you off the boat. So he said, drip is perfect. He said, I'll just take those people that we know we can't talk to anymore unless they call us, but we could drip on them. We could write to them. So they hired us to help them strategize what it would look like in software and in go-to-market campaign. We helped them. Fortunately, they had a really good programmer on staff, and he took a contact manager they had been using and was able to customize it to do the drip program very inexpensively and very painlessly. And we created a, a, a drip plan for their initial one for patients and then a similar plan if it was the caregiver that was inquiring. And essentially what the sales rep said to the patient after they had to tell them, I can't call you anymore, Mm -hmm. they said, you know, we stay in touch with people for years. Would it be all right if I stay in touch, if I put you on my mailing list and just write to you from time to time? And if you ever want to call me, my 800 number always works, and I'd love to hear from you, but but you understand the rules? Mm -hmm. Follow me? Yeah. Well, 99% said yes. I mean, you know, when you're dying to something, you're pretty willing to take help from anybody. But the amazing thing was, I got it, since it's a private foundation, it's not Wall Street Journal stuff, but I got to go to their board meeting the second year after they had done the nurture conversion and had actually begun doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he told me that they were, at, at that point, up to $19 million in net found revenue off of what had previously been abandoned. $19 million. Just in dripping them. Over two years. Yeah. How many uh, drips was it? How many contacts? They were designed to go 36 months, but it had to be done very carefully, obviously, because, you know, often people with that disease are dying from that disease. So you don't want to continue nurturing beyond that date. That's why they were very careful. What percentage was online through email and offline? All by personal hand-signed letters. All by letters. Yes. See, uh, there's a great book by John Nesbitt years ago. Mm-hmm called Megatrends, and he warned us. He said, the higher the tech, the higher the human needs touch. So as email becomes almost default method of communications in business, the hand-signed personal real letter has more power than it ever had. That's well stated. That is a great concept. So I'm just saying, if this customer is a high enough potential value, revenue to you, or a strategic value to you, mm-hmm. that it would enhance your life to stay in touch with them, uh, even though email may seem quicker and cheaper, believe me, if you'll test the impact, you'll see that hand dripping beats the pants off of, of email cam. And I grant you, our clients all want to do blast emails. But I tell them not, not until they become customers. 
Okay, and once they become customers... Now you ask them, are the things I've been sending you appropriate? Mm -hmm. Is it useful to you? Would you like us to continue? How's the frequency? Once a month too frequent? Once a quarter okay? Let them decide and then do something about it. Is there a standard that you've learned from your experience? What's too much email if you're going to keep in touch with your customers? Is twice a month too much, three times, or is there really no answer? Well, and then we have to say, what is a customer and what is a prospect? Mm -hmm. And what, what part of the buying process is the prospect in? If they're in the decision process and you are a finalist, every hour is not excessive. But if they are in the early adoption phase, just exploring, getting ready to talk about budget someday, once a month is frequently enough. See, that's the sensitivity of the sales rep, and that's, I think, the delicate nature of nurturing, is that every person, this is not like you put 10,000 people on a campaign and then sit back and tip coupons. This is every person is on their own campaign. And that means every time anyone in the company talks to that person, those notes have to be recorded so that anybody taking over that account can look at the last contact and see whether that was a phone call, whether you ran into them at a trade show, whether they ordered something, or whether they got a drip letter. And the software allows you to do all that. Absolutely. does it for you. I mean, the magic of this stuff, and, and we've had software doing this now personally for our company, and we're not huge. I mean, we have maybe 15,000 CEOs in our database. Mm-hmm. And we probably hand nurture 2,000 of those a month. So is the software set up to have your letters already formatted? That's how it works. Once the campaign is created, let's say we create a campaign called Slow Drip. Mm -hmm. This is somebody that's going to buy. They just start in a hurry. Let's say it's six times a year. So the sales rep hangs up the phone. In my world, looks at the screen, and it says, what's next? You click on that, and it said, action plan. And it'll make a drop-down menu. And you pick slow drip. You already know what those six letters are. So you click initiate. That automatically, for you and any other sales rep putting people on plans, goes into a central administrator. Once a day in our office, Debbie wakes up the computer and says, let's do nurture. It says, okay, Debbie, today we have 161 cases. Did anybody die last night? She's doing the audit on the database. Mm -hmm. Nobody died. She hits, nope, let's go. It says, feed me. To do today, I need 177 letterhead, 68 second sheets, 38 brochure pieces, 401, uh, 91 letter envelopes, 21 legal envelopes, load that paper stock in that order, hit print, go get coffee. The computer then grabs your name, says, what plan is he on? Slow drip. What step is he on? Step two. It grabs that person's data grabs that letter content, mail merges those, prints them out on the letterhead, prints out the envelope, goes back in the client's file and records the fact that step two on slow drip plan was done today and grabs the next name. So all the admin has to do is, is essentially get them hand-signed and stuff them with the enclosures, lick them, seal them, stamp them, and mail them. All the sales rep had to do was sign it. That's real world. That's what sales reps will do. They'll... They'll figure out who to stay in touch with if you give them the stay-in-touch process. And they'll hand-sign the pieces that you've written for them or they've written for you. But don't ask them to write the stuff. Don't ask them to find the articles or the white papers. or Don't ask them to run the printer. and Don't ask them to do licking the stamps. Get that done by UPS store or by an administrative employee. All you want that sales rep to do 
is to recognize the critical importance of maintaining in-touch contact beyond that phone call and get the sales rep to assign the right people to the right plan and then when that plan has been fulfilled and executed by the administrative employee, they are willing to hand sign the letters and to personally make the phone calls that are called for by the plan. Now you've got a sales machine. That's great. Not just an exhortation to salespeople that you ought to stay in touch better. So you act as a marketing consultant through this system. When you approach a company, how do you structure a deal? How do you approach a business? And what do you look for in a business, whether you're going to invest your time or develop a nurture system for them? And how do you structure it to where you, what you get out of it? Well, you ask a great question. And first of all, I sell through the channel. I sell through Microsoft Certified Partners. There are 11, now about 11,000 in the United States market. They are the ones who are selling Microsoft CRM and Microsoft Back Office and Word and everything else to their customers. So they're the ones who are getting into the solution with the customer. And so I don't have to do any evangelizing. I've got a 10,000 partners out there, potentially, who if I get them using Nurture to go to market for themselves, they learn it. And you know the story. What you use, you learn. And what you know, you sell. So when they go in, clients saying, you know, I, I, I really like uh, the software from Microsoft, but can you, can you make my customers feel about me the way you made me feel about you? Well, that's nurture. So they say, can you get that done for me? Partner says, absolutely. All the way through the letters, if you want, we're connected with Cecil or his legion of, of writers all over the country. So you're getting calls all the time. All the time. When, when someone calls, what do you do? Uh, they go through a, um, an auditing process. Uh, we make sure that this is the right thing for them to do. The bad thing about Nurture is that everybody falls in love with it. It makes sense for the one-man band as it does for the 100 Loft Corporation. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you something. It is not a one-man band game. There's just too much going on to try to do automated processes if you're going to be your own admin. So to do it right, you're saying you need a team to handle this. Absolutely. You got, I mean, you know, this is a, this is a system for managing the, the critical growth of a business for generations. So it's not like buying a postcard campaign out of the mail and then writing them and sending them. All right, so you, someone calls, you ask them a series of questions, or you have a system to determine whether this could work for them. Uh-huh. And, and whether they have enough infrastructure and whether they have enough appetite and enough capital to fund the first year of a garden. You know, and they're probably going to spend, a typical client coming on board with us for their, just for their company is probably going to spend $100,000 the first year. Half of that's with us, half of that's with software and enclosures and postage. So a client is going to spend a hundred grand with you the first year? With me and with the, and with the process of nurturing, because they've got to buy software, they may have to buy computers. They may have to buy stamps. They may have to pay some staff. So, mm -hmm. so you add 50 to us and 50 to doing nurture for the first year. Do you build something in it from a consulting perspective? Do you get a piece of the action for the increase of uh, revenue? Do not. Up front. Yeah, we're selling the tool, and then we're selling access to the people who can do the custom strategies if you don't have staff for that. Okay, so let's say I don't have the staff to do all the licking, stamping, printing, and all that. You have sources to outsource all that. Nationwide UPS store. If you can get to an UPS store, you can get it fulfilled. UPS store. Yeah, Kinko prints, but, but UPS store actually will assemble. They'll take your envelopes, 
They'll take your letters and fold them. They'll put the ballpoint pen in there. They'll put the stamp on it. Will UPS sort them by zip code and mail them for you for twelve cents a package? Do you, does UPS store have a program like that? Yeah. Every store in the world. I mean, I, I have UPS store right here. That's who I'm I use. Ask them they'll do your mail fulfillment for you. No kidding. They'll kiss you on both sides of your face. I didn't even know that was offered. It's the bulk of their business. You, every UPS store, every mailbox, et cetera, store does mail fulfillment. Yep. I had no idea. I didn't either. At 12 cents a piece? 12 and a half cents. Give me another story. The cancer story was great. Give me another uh, real-life story. Okay, there's a guy named Eric up in uh, New Jersey. He had a company that had gotten to about 300000 a year. He basically sells what they call help desk temporary employees. Mm-hmm. You know what a help desk is? Online help, right? Yeah. Real-time help desk. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine, in fact, one of the fastest-growing industries in the world is help desk. General Motors has over 11,000 of them. So guess how hard it is to find somebody that's trained on your help desk. So that's what he did. He built a business to train people for you and to put them out there as temporaries. Well, of course, they never ended up being temporary. They stayed on permanent assignment but paid in temporary wages. So it's an ongoing training uh, nurture system. Uh, well, he, he, what he needed was a method of going to market that he controlled with postage stamps. So he heard me speak about nurture. He called me, and he started the campaign. He identified the, the 50 largest drug companies in New Jersey because they were the ones who were most likely to have expansion in their help desks. I wrote a drip marketing campaign aimed at the, help, the head of the help desk of each of those companies, which they had used a telemarketing firm to get the names and the addresses and all that for them. That company went, uh, before he sold it, got up to $23 million a year in 11 countries. And he says and says to this day that his only go-to-market strategy is nurture. He never ran an ad, never printed a brochure, never did anything. Remember the guy I was telling you about in Wisconsin, the insurance guy from New York Life? He's number 34 in the world now. Wow and does seminars on uh, how to build a professional practice by using nurturing. And, of course, New York Life has hundreds and hundreds of their agents using nurture drip plans. What? Can you tell me his name? Brian Rue, R-U-H. Where is he out of? Out of New Holstein, Wisconsin. Interesting. He's number what in the, in the world? 34 in the world. So what kind of insurance does he sell? Life. Life insurance. That's incredible. And he also bought a property and casualty agency. Give me another story. These are great. Um, there's a guy down in Atlanta, Georgia, who uh, heard me speak at a Microsoft conference one day and talking about how you had to, you couldn't just wait for people to call you. You had to proactively take solutions to them. Mm-hmm. And it woke his partner up, and so he came and grabbed him out of another seminar and brought him in and listened to me talk. And turns out he's a Microsoft reseller partner. And so I talked to them about how you could identify business owners you could probably target the exact size that were going through the migration of going to bigger software and better solutions. He simply went out at the trade show that day and bought that nurture solution for Microsoft Partners. Well, within a year, he was back to me, a total raving lunatic fan of nurture. Only he said, we're going to go into a different business and we need custom letters, so would you write those for us? So we actually helped him create his go-to-market plan. Well, now he is the largest Microsoft CRM reseller in the world. Wow. And has achieved uh, Microsoft gold status uh, quicker than any other Microsoft partner in the world. It's like wherever nurture goes, things grow. All right, let's say you're a small business. Let's say you're a mom-and-pop flower store. What's it going to cost me to get in with... Think about it. 
don't even think about it. If you're selling Lexus, if you're selling $100,000 home entertainment centers, if you're selling million-dollar homes, nurture makes sense. Follow me? Yeah. But if I'm selling frozen yogurt or a dozen roses at a time, mm-hmm. my customer email is probably a better strategy to stay in touch. Okay, so that's another strategy you'd recommend for business to consumer. So nurture isn't really going to make sense for business to consumer. I don't think Unless so. it's a real high-end product. High-end, like the cancer centers. I mean, a typical patient there would... Could spend anywhere from a hundred thousand to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, what about large-scale business to consumer? Maybe with some pretty good margins. The insurance industry does it, but they target owners of business where the appropriateness of the target market is very appropriate for direct contact, where the uh, percentage of success is much higher. All of the financial services companies use one-to-one and permission-based marketing strategies, drip strategies that we're talking about. But they only do it on the, the proven affluent. They don't use it as a way a small business would have to use it on everybody. But this same concept can certainly be effective for a business to consumer. Oh, listen, you, you read the greatest car salesman in the world. One sure. time he had 300 women handwriting uh, birthday cards for him. Yeah, Joe Girard. Bringing him by, yeah, Joe. And then there's a guy in the, in the life insurance industry years and years ago named Ben Feldman. Back before, before there was anything automated, he had farm wives using manual typewriters typing up notes to prospects. So nurture is not new. Top producers have always known that, like Mae West said, out of sight is out of mind, and out of mind is out of money, honey. That's why I tell people, be very careful who you show it to, because everybody falls in love with the idea. But everybody can't execute it. I mean, companies, the million and down size, are always broke. You know, they're always understaffed, and they've, they've always got so many urgencies that to try to do something as complex as automating relationship building could be the straw that broke the camel's back. Tell people, study very carefully. Go see people your size that have done it. Now, the guy, Brian, I was telling you about in Wisconsin, yeah. he only had two people when he started. But he had a full-time devoted go-to-market person, Lori, that was, was running his admin. Now I think he's got a staff of a dozen. But it can be done. But I'm just saying I don't want to go out there and offer a solution and make it sound like it's as easy as cracking an egg because it's not. What percentage of the clients you work with fail to set the system in place? The smaller you get, more likely it's it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 50% or higher. I mean, is that accurate? And the small individuals that buy the box, Yeah. I'll tell you what the average uh, ramp-up time, it's 11 months. To get it going. From the day they receive it till the day they get it in place. The bigger the company, the longer it takes? No, shorter. Really? Oh, yeah, and the higher the likelihood they're going to implement. You know, they've got an infrastructure. They have somebody in charge of marketing. They've got somebody that owns the process and somebody's on the that understands what's going on. And they've got a budget and they've got... Uh, software, and they have IT people. And I'm not talking about the multi-billions. I'm talking about the $10 million, $20 million companies have enough staff that they can keep something like this going. Right. Because you know, it's like farming, you know. You can have the best laid-out farm in the world and the best seeds in the world, but if you don't water and feed them every day, they're going to die. Before you even establish a deal with this, that should all be outlined that you're going to need to. And that's why I try to teach even the resellers. I'm saying even though everybody wants it, and it makes an easy sale, don't do it. They'll hate you. Make sure that this is good for them. Make sure that this solution will actually help them succeed and not just help you sell better. And I've got a book I'd like to give away. Okay. So if they go to the website and click on Jim's book at Free Stuff, Mm -hmm. just give me an email address and I'll download the 101 best tips I've ever seen for nurturing customers. Okay, that's great. And I'll download it free for them. Okay. 
All right, well, hey, you've given me a lot of great, great information. It's very interesting. I'm going to go to the site when we hang up and, and look into it a little bit more. Now, when you had also called, you said you had an idea. Was it anything specific that you were thinking about? Oh, the content. I've got literally dozens of action plans that we have. What, uh, oh, of actual nurture systems? Uh-huh, for different people. Yeah. I'm it, thinking, you know, the... I was going to ask you, have you packaged all these together for all the different industries, actual campaign? Oh, yeah, we've got... For an example, at our website, down under what's new and under industry-specific nurture plans, there's a list of about 10 different industries where these complete nurture solutions are available. That's the $1,495. When people say, I'm going to do this anyhow, I'm saying, then don't spend more than $1,500 with me. That'll give you stock letters. That'll give you the instructions on how to get going. From then on, you're on your own. All right, so for 1500 bucks, you're going to get 10 campaigns, different industries with... No, with no, no. You're going to get one of those 10. One of the 10s, depending on your industry. Yeah. Okay, and if you want another one, it's going to be another 1500 bucks. Uh-huh. When you set up the campaign, who retains the copyright to the campaign? I do. You do. So you have a permanent license. If yeah. They don't have rights to sell it or to loan it or to use it for somebody else at all. It's just like software. It's one-time use. Do you do all the writing yourself? Uh-huh. For my stuff. But no, I have a group of writers... Give me an example where you'd use a group of writers. Often, and as this Microsoft software expands, they're going to way overflow our ability to write. So we're right now in the process of training and certifying writers uh, to do nurture campaigns for clients so that when somebody calls in from Sheboygan and says they just bought the nurture module from Microsoft and they want to have an action plan written, we don't have to tell them you're tough luck. Great information. I'd like to get it up on my site for people to hear. You're a good man. Thanks for taking the time. It was very nice talking to you, and I will be in touch. We'll, We'll work together. Okay, great.